What's Shaken Fire Nation? JLD here, and welcome to episode 1809 of EO Fire, where I chat with entrepreneurs on fire seven days a week. And if you're ready to accomplish that one big goal, visit thefreedomjournal.com and you'll crush it in 100 days. Now let's chat with today's featured guest, Peter Shankman. Peter, are you prepared to ignite? Oh, hell to the yes. Yes. <laughs> Peter is a multiple startup founder with several successful exits under his belt. He's a best-selling author focusing on the customer economy, and he can be found at shankman.com. Peter, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro, and give us a little glimpse of your personal life. Sure. Well, I am, first and foremost, I'm a dad. I have a, I'm a single dad to a wonderful four-year-old daughter who... Uh, uh, I determined yesterday um, likes expensive things. Uh, <laughs> horseback riding. Oh, so class. it begins. <laughs> it would be really nice. She like you know digging in the dirt. That'd be fun too. No, right. no horseback riding. But uh, she's an awesome, awesome daughter. I am a born and raised New York City kid. I was born and raised here. Lived in New York all my life. Um, started my career with America Online. I got really lucky out of grad school and my first, without finishing grad school, and my first job was to help found the newsroom in AOL. This is back in the '90s when AOL was the internet. Um, I was early enough to actually have Peter at AOL.com, which what? was in my head a lot cooler than it actually was in real life. <laughs> but um, I came back to New York in 1998, tried working for uh, other people that lasted about three weeks, realized that that was not something I really did well. And in 1998, went out on my own as an entrepreneur to launch a PR firm. And I went out with the premise that when I fail, not if I fail, when I fail, when this venture fails, I will quit and suck it up and get a job. Uh, it's going on 19 years, and I haven't had to do that yet, and I'm very, very fortunate. Um, I started, I, I ran that PR firm, I, I did a couple of other things. Eventually, I launched a company called Help a Reporter Out, or Harrow, which I did as a favor to some friends, but wound up sort of changing how journalists and sources find each other in the, in the world. That was acquired uh, a few years later after I started it by PR Newswire. Since then, I've been focusing on the customer economy, um, the uh, sort of the social customer economy, and how that's... Um, uh, helping businesses who are smart make a lot of money. And then about a year and a half ago, I launched a podcast where I pivoted a little bit called Faster Than Normal, which focuses on the benefits of having ADHD. Um, we only have seemed to talk about the curses and the bad things about it. And, uh, oh my God, we're diagnosed quick, get on med meditation. And, <laughs> right. and I've started talking about the benefits and I found uh, that the podcast really, really blew up. Um, had several brilliant people, including yourself, on it. Yes. And, um, from that, Random House reached out and uh, said we would like to turn this into a book. And so faster than normal, uh, using uh, the secrets of the ADH brain to improve your productivity, success, and creativity launches uh, October 3rd. And I could not be more happy because this is the first time the business books, I've, I've written five books. The four of them are business books, and that's great. But this is a book that's helping people. And I see that every day on the podcast. And I don't think there's much like what you do. I don't think there's anything better in the world than getting an email from someone that says, hey, you helped me, or hey, you made me realize that I'm not broken, or hey, you made me realize that, that what everyone thinks is crazy that I do is actually okay, and that sort of changed my life. Amazing stuff. And Fire Nation, if you're listening to this the day it goes live, it's October 4th, 2017. So go out and make sure that you snag this book because it is an incredible read. You should just see the content that Peter's been producing now for years on this topic. Absolutely phenomenal. And I'll kind of do a little bit of a reveal right now, Fire Nation. In our pre-interview chat, Peter was actually very kind to thank me for moving some things around on our schedule to get this interview out on the right time, the right date. But I want to turn it back on you now publicly, Peter, and say – 
Back in 2012, so five years ago, over 1,800 and now 65 wow. episodes ago, um, I hired an amazing mentor, Jamie Masters. I joined Cliff Ravenscraft's uh, Mastermind for Podcasting. These were the best of the best people at the time. And they told me, amongst many other people, John, you can't do a daily podcast. There's not enough people to do a daily podcast. <laughs> I validated the idea for Entrepreneurs on Fire by going to Harrow, help a reporter out, and posted... I'm running a daily podcast. I'm going to be launching in a couple months. Does anybody want to be featured to tell their story about their worst moment, their aha moments? And I got 580 responses in less than an hour and 30 minutes. And <laughs> I saved every one of those emails and I went and I was able to share it with both Jamie and Cliff and the other people who were doubting me and say, listen, I, I have basically two years of content here with one email and 90 minutes. I think there's enough people in the world to make a daily podcast happen. So here I am, haven't missed a day since. Peter was actually episode 565. So here almost 1,300 episodes later, he's joining me again to talk about different topics, specifically ADHD and how it can make you millions. So first and foremost, Peter, thank you for creating something that allowed me to validate Entrepreneurs on Fire, which has you know, now become my life's work. And how can ADHD make you millions? Well, you're more than welcome, and I'm so glad I could do it. Yes. Um, with that, how can ADHD make you millions? Well, here's the thing about ADHD is, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, I'm not going to say that every entrepreneur has ADHD, but the majority of us do. And the majority of us have some form of ADHD. Some have it slightly, some have it uh, a lot, like I do. But we all have one thing in common in that if you are an entrepreneur and you are dedicated to what you're doing for a living and you're, you're, you're pushing every single day to make your dream a reality, chances are you live uh, your life the same way I do in that you have exactly two speeds. I have two speeds in my life, John. Those speeds are uh, namaste and I'll cut a <laughs> And <laughs> they're... There is no middle ground there, and and I think that a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, I know, I know you are that way, and most of us are that way because the, the the premise of what we do is so exciting to us that we enjoy it so much that we want to keep doing it. Chemically, what's happening is when we are ADHD, uh, we tend to be lacking in three important chemicals in the brain: dopamine, serotonin, and adrenaline. Those three chemicals, when combined in nice little doses, uh, allow us to do things like focus on producing those TPS reports, right? Or sitting in that meeting with 15 other people that you have to have once a week that some people hate. And, you know, it, it allows us to, it gives us just enough. It says, okay, let's go to that boring meeting. Here's some dopamine. Here's some adrenaline. Here's some creativity. So he won't, you know, fall off and, and, and fall off his chair while he's thinking about exactly how long it would take to get from here to Thailand if he factored in the airport transfers and the traffic. Right, instead of listening to what's actually happening in the meeting. People with ADHD, uh, people who tend to be entrepreneurs, don't have that much. Right? They, they produce less of those chemicals than normal people. And so what I learned is that that actually translates into a faster brain because we can, and I, this is all trial and error. I had no, I was never, I was diagnosed not until my late, mid-30s, right? So in high school and growing up in school, it was, for me, it wasn't ADHD that didn't exist. It was called sit down, you're disrupting the class disease. <laughs> and what I've realized over time and what sort of came to me and, and, and prompted this podcast and now this book is the premise that I was self-medicating. And I was self-medicating in primarily healthy ways and some not so healthy ways. And once I realized that, it was it sort of opened up this whole world. So, you know, like the healthy ways for me, I've always been I, – I, I didn't really exercise as a kid. It wasn't until I got into my late 20s that I discovered running. And I, I ran my first 5K. Most people, they run their first 5K. They say, okay, that was fun. I'll, I'll work on improving my 5K. No, I signed up for a goddamn marathon. That's 
Okay, and 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 once I did a whole bunch of marathons, and you know, you've you've met me in person. Yes. You don't look at me and think, "Wow, he's a marathon." You know, I'm never going to be confused for a Kenyan, right? <laughs> I don't finish with the Kenyans. I finish with like guys named Ken, right? Right, and but but you know, I, I did a whole bunch of marathons. I was like, well, that was fun. I wonder what. Oh, a triathlon. You know, why suck at one sport when I could suck at three? <laughs> so I immediately launched. I, I started training for a, a sprint triathlon, which is the, like the smallest triathlon right. you can do. Finished that and said, "I'm going to do an Ironman someday." And most people say that because, you know, they're all high on chemicals and they, they're high on the dopamine from the, that, that so-called runner's high and they forget about it. No, I signed up for one, right? And so now I'm constantly training for something. So one of the first things I realized I was doing is I was self-medicating by exercising to get my dope. You know, when you exercise, your brain produces endorphins, dopamine, serotonin, adrenaline. And so now I can't let a morning go by in my life without having first exercise. And, you know, the first thought people think is, well, that's, that's difficult. How do you do that? You know, if, especially if you're a single dad, and you have your daughter half the week. Well, I, in order to do that, I had to make some changes in my life. I don't go out late anymore, right? I don't go out. I used to party. I used to drink. I quit drinking for several reasons. One of them, because if I drank, I wouldn't get up early. And the other reason is because I don't have one drink. You know, I have six drinks. Again, that personality that's very addictive, that's very all or nothing. You know, it's like leftover pizza. I've never in my life had a pizza, ordered a pizza and, and had it arrive and had, there's never been leftover pizza after I finished. That just doesn't, it's not a thing, right? I eat all the pizza. And so I've learned that if I want to exercise and I want to feel my best and work my best, I need that dopamine, serotonin, adrenaline. Best way to, and the easiest way to get it in the morning, the second I wake up, I exercise. So I wake up before 4 a.m. I have automatic lighting that comes on in my bedroom that starts coming up at around 3.40, 3.41, my alarm goes off around 3.46, 3.47. I stand up and I'm already in my gym clothes because I slept in them the night before. I put on new gym clothes every night and sleep in them. I take one step onto my Peloton bike or I take a step out the door, I put on my sneakers and go running. It's kind of hard to fall back asleep when you're already in your gym clothes. Right. And even if, it, even if I did fall back asleep or, or wanted to fall back asleep, I play the tape forward and think, okay, if I don't get this hit of these chemicals that I need, I'm going to be dragging all day. I'm going to be late to many things. It's just not the way I want to live. So I have sort of trained myself to understand that if I want to be happy, these are the things I have to do to get there. And you find that tremendous amounts of entrepreneurs sort of have that same mentality without realizing it. So Peter, you mentioned exercise. You talked about no alcohol. I mean, these are just two of the ingredients that it takes to, to win the marathon of entrepreneurship. Oh, yeah. So not a sprint. It's not a sprint. It's not a sprint. So let's talk about entrepreneur self-care because that's something that I feel like, you know, nobody's mastered it. So you haven't mastered it, but you're, you're moving in that direction. So talk about entrepreneur self-care and how our listeners can be moving in that direction too. Every keynote I give about the customer economy or whatever I'm talking about, I, I always um, make it mandatory in my contract that I'm allowed to spend the last five minutes talking about entrepreneur self-care because we don't talk about it enough. Not and enough. in the past 19 years of being an entrepreneur, I've lost three friends to suicide. All of them were entrepreneurs, all of them because they thought they didn't have anyone to talk to. And, you know, from the outside, hey, I'm doing great. Everything's great. The problem is when you're an entrepreneur, you're either, like I said, you're going at 100 miles an hour or, or you're dead stopped. And we don't appreciate how important being dead stopped sometimes actually is. You know, there were up until about five years ago, there were articles in the Wall Street Journal, New York Times about the CEOs who survive on three hours of sleep. And it's a badge of honor. No, it's a badge of stupidity. Mm. Right. If you're not taking care of yourself, it's the oxygen mask theory. If you don't put on your oxygen mask first, right? You can't assist other people because you get hypoxic if the plane's going down. It's the same thing. How can you possibly be at your best to create and to design, to build new things and to push the human race forward? If you're not taking care of yourself, 
in all facets, mentally, emotionally, physically, chemically. You have to be, and look, I'm not advocating that everyone needs to start to, 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 to quit drinking and work out at 3.30 in the morning. That's ridiculous. Obviously they don't. And, and I know that some of the things I do are crazy, but they're, they work for me. So for me, they're not crazy. So what I encourage entrepreneurs to do is to, it's right out of Shakespeare, know thyself, understand how you perform at your best and what it takes to get you there and what it takes to keep you there and make not resolutions because resolutions fail, make rituals around those things that you do that allow you to perform at your best. And you know what? Screw what anyone else thinks about it because at the end of the day, if what you're doing allows you to, 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 to do your absolute best every day, then it's not strange to you. Who cares what anyone else thinks about it? So Peter, I follow your stuff and I saw this quote and I didn't get it, but luckily I got to chat with you in the pre-interview here and ask you about it. And I was like, oh, obviously now I get it. And I, and I would really love for you to share and expound upon this quote, this comment with Fire Nation. And that quote is, get thee on an airplane or to a forest. Can you talk about that? I'm sitting in my office right now. I have this little tiny Regis space um, in Midtown because uh, working out of my apartment, you can't work out of your apartment once you have a child and a nanny because it's no longer your apartment. Um, I came home early one day when there were five children and five nannies having lunch in my apartment. I didn't recognize any of them. My daughter was buried somewhere in there. So I got a Regis space. And the nice thing about the Regis space is that it's quiet. I can close the door and just get work done. But I have full internet connectivity, very, very fast, uh, wireless. And there's a kitchen and I can get coffee and there's a TV and I can watch CNN and all that stuff. And that is not where I work the best. Where I work the best, for many people with both ADHD and who are entrepreneurial, we go into a zone of deep work, of deep hyper-focus. The, the thing that confuses a lot of people about ADHD is they think attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, oh, they're bouncing off the walls 24 hours a day. We do bounce off the walls. But if we get, if we have the right chemistry running in our brain and we get into something that we really like, we can sit down and hyper-focus and work on it for six, seven, eight, nine, ten hours. So when I learned that about myself, um, you know, if you know this, it's not easy to write a book, right? Right. There's a lot of work that actually has to be done. You can't just sort of wish it to happen. And for me, it was always easy to do the research because that was fun. Um, as I started um, uh, realizing for my third for my third book, Nice Companies for the First, and then my fourth one, The Zombie Loyalists, you know, the 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 publisher said, okay, you have six months, just you know, write a couple pages every night, you'll be fine. And I'm sitting there going, I don't, that, that, I, there's no way in hell I'll ever do that. There's no way in hell I'll write a couple pages a night. And so for my fourth book, uh, this is the story I tell. I, um, I finished all the research in the first month, and I had five months to write the book. And with two weeks left, the publisher calls me. She's like, hey, just checking in. Want to make sure you're good. You know, I haven't seen anything. I'm like, oh, yeah, no problem. It's not that. And I hadn't written anything. Um, and so I booked a, I, I went to the United Airlines website the next day and I, or the, as soon as I hung up the phone and I booked a round trip flight to Tokyo leaving the next day. Um, I booked it in business class. <laughs> it cost me, I think now. it cost me $5,500. And I wrote, I got on the plane armed with my laptop, um, a sweatshirt, my headphones and my power cord. I, we took off, I plugged in, I wrote chapters one through five on the flight to Tokyo. We landed in Tokyo 14 hours later. I went through immigration. I walked outside, I took a deep breath of fresh air. I walked back in. Went through immigration again, went to the lounge, took a shower, had a cup of coffee, got back on the same plane, same seat, two hours after I landed, wrote chapters six through 10 on the flight home, landed 31 hours later with a book. And I was a little kind of, a little bit of a zombie, but I had a book. And that, people are like, oh my God, you're insane. You spent $5,500 to go nowhere. No, I spent $5,500 to write a best-selling book. And for me, that was worth every penny because I knew that if I sat down in my office or sat down in my apartment or whatever, there's my cat, there's my kid, there's my TV, there's the black hole of the internet, all these things that would have prevented me 
from doing what I needed to do. And so I got out of my environment and got into a better environment for the task at hand. And let's be honest, the pretzels on airplanes, they just taste better. <laughs> and you know, it's funny that I just kept ordering Diet Cokes, Diet Cokes, Diet Cokes, <laughs> and waters. And the funny thing is, is that now my assistant, um, which is another very, very key factor, if you can afford an assistant, it is it, almost more than anything else, it'll be the best money you'll ever spend. Yes. Hire someone who, who's great at what you suck at. You know, I, my assistant, I've had it for nine years. Eight years ago, she took away right access to my calendar. <laughs> I, I don't have access to my calendar. I can't add something to it. She does it. But here's the thing. She knows that she has access to my, my, my calendar of what I need to write, my content for my blog and for you know the, the places I freelance and I write for. And she knows that um, she waits for things to sort of pile up until I have like five, six, seven articles I have to write. And that's when she books me. You know, She tries to coordinate my speaking gigs and things like that with when my articles are due so that I can get everything done on an airplane. It's amazing, and I can tell you working with her, um, because yeah, as we're talking right now, Fire Nation, we've recently here in Puerto Rico gone through Hurricane Irma, so you know I had to potentially change some things, so there was definitely some back and forth between my team and Peter's team, and like, you know, I don't need to be involved with that. Peter's need to be involved in that. Like, we're doing some really big picture things. Like, I'm writing a book right now. I'm creating a, a whole new podcast series. Like, I need to be able to focus on the work, not like, you know, can I push an interview three hours? And so you need to be thinking about that stuff when you're building your business, and just let the chips go when you have that right team in place where they may. Now, Fire Nation, we're going to be back after we thank our sponsors where Peter is going to be dropping some more value bombs. So don't you go anywhere. Video is hot right now, and for good reason. It allows you to verbally and visually engage your audience, but we don't all have the setup or the creativity required to accomplish this. Good thing there's Videoblocks, an entire marketplace where you can get studio-quality stock for a fraction of the cost. Download all the stock video your heart desires from their library, including HD footage, After Effects templates, motion background, and more. All content is royalty-free, so you can use it for commercial or personal projects, and new clips are added regularly, so there's always something fresh to download. Go to videoblocks.com slash fire to get all the stock video you can imagine for $149 a year. That's videoblocks, V-I-D-E-O-B-L-O-C-K-S dot com slash fire to save on millions of studio quality clips. Have you ever thought about going into business for yourself, but were overwhelmed by the idea of doing it by yourself? Operating a franchise gives you the best of both worlds, the freedom of owning your own business and the support and resources of an established, successful brand. The Goddard School, a premier franchise of private preschools, provides you the opportunity to own a recession-resistant business while making a positive impact on children and their families. It's hard to believe it, but did you know that Children's Daycare Services earned a total of $47.8 billion in revenue in 2016 and are projected to earn $52.5 billion by 2021. For nearly 30 years, the Goddard School has been a trusted name among parents and families, and their proven educational approach ensures that children have fun while learning the skills they need for long-term success. For more info or to apply to become a Goddard School franchisee, visit learnaboutgoddard.com. That's learnaboutgoddard.com. G-O-D-D-A-R-D dot com. Peter, we're back and 
Faster Than Normal, launched on October 3rd, and it's going to be big. I mean, what I love that you did is you've built this amazing podcast audience through your podcast called Faster Than Normal, um, and you just have this raving audience you've built up in other ways as well. So I have no doubt that this book's going to be a massive success, but you're still, you know, you're doing the thing, like you're making the rounds, you're, you're here chatting with Fire Nation today, like you care about this topic, you care about this book. Share with us, Fire Nation, what Faster Than Normal is and why we need to be reading this. Faster Than Normal, when I realized that my brain works sort of the perfect way for entrepreneurial lifestyle, I also realized that, um, you know, the ADHD part of it is why I sort of live the life I do. I realized it's it's a way to not only keep my ADHD managed, but let it work to my advantage. Then I started realizing that people who don't have ADHD but just want to get like three hours a day of productivity back in their lives, right? Can adopt some of the tricks that I use on a regular basis to keep myself uh, organized and flowing and uh, essentially productive. Um, And again, I'm not uh, sitting there saying, okay, everyone needs to get up at 4 a.m. and everyone needs to work out this much. But there are things that I talk about in the book that are basically normal, simple things that you can change. Um, You know, for instance, I, I shut my phone off before I step foot in my bedroom. And when I go to bed, my bedroom is for sleeping. Okay. And that's it. And, you know, there is no sort of middle ground there. I, I go to sleep really early and I'm up really early. And between the time that I go to sleep and the time that I uh, wake up, my phone is off, not just muted or not just, you know, locked off because I know that if it's there and I happen to wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, or whatever, I'll look at it. Well, if it's going to take a minute to, you know, if you turn on your iPhone, it takes a, or your Android, it turns it takes a good minute to log in. Then you have to enter your password and all that. And I just get up to go to the bathroom. I'm not going to wait a minute to do that, right? So for me, I keep it off. The second I wake up, I turn it on. In the three years I've been doing that, I haven't missed one critical thing. The the th- people in my life who are super important, you know, my, my, my daughter's mom, my parents, whatever, you know, they have my home number. So th- you have to understand that, that if you want to be perfect, that things like shutting off your phone, they're little tiny things, but they actually work. Um, I... Whenever I go into a meeting, I won't walk into a meeting unless I've walked up a few flights of stairs or sometimes even as crazy as found an empty office and done some jumping jacks or, 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 or push-ups. It sounds crazy, but again, it's giving me that hint of dopamine, that, that little hit of serotonin, adrenaline, things that allow me to hyper-focus and, and concentrate on what's being said at that meeting. I also, uh, you know, working with my assistant, I, do, I only schedule meetings once, a, once one day a week. And I know that entire day is going to be filled with meetings. They're all stand-up meetings. So we'll walk around. We'll, you know, if we have to sit down and write things, we'll be in an office with a conference room where we can stand up. I very rarely have long meetings. They're very, very short meetings. But, and I will meet with you if you want to meet. And I'm, I take tons of meetings um, over the course of a year with people who just want to, you know, you want to pick my brain, I'm happy to do that. But you got to do it on my terms. So if you want to meet with me in a super, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a sort of meeting that you want, Happy to do it, but you have to meet with me either, let's go for a run, let's go for a bike ride, let's do a cryotherapy session, you know, something that I'd be doing anyway, I'm happy to give you my entire attention during that time, but it's not going to be a 45 minute, oh, let's just kick around and see what happens and go for lunch, go for a drink, because that's useless to me and it's going to be useless for you too. I'd rather get 20, 30 solid minutes of, you know, talking and giving you advice and doing things that work for both of us because when you think about it, a 30 minute meeting you know, if, if I'm meeting with you at a coffee shop, that's 30 minutes. Oh, it's only 30 minutes. No, it's not. It's actually closer to an hour and a half between getting there, getting set up, having the meeting, ordering the coffee, finishing, coming back to the office, sitting back down, not to mention how much time it takes you to get back into your work zone, right? I keep most of my um, uh, alerts off 
So I don't use Slack. The, I love I used to use Slack. I loved it. I thought it was great. Then I realized every time I get a Slack alert, that was it, it's a good 15 to 20 minutes, sometimes more, to get back into deep work. Well, you mentioned deep work, Peter. I want to jump in here because I think there's yeah. such a key phrase within that deep work by Cal Newport that he yep. uses over and over again. And that's residue. Like when you go to that meeting and you come back from that coffee break, there's going to be residue left for the rest of the day, period. It's going to affect everything you do. When you get that one Slack message, there's residue. It's going to be there with you, Fire Nation. So get those notifications off. You know, if you want to really get deep work done and focus, recognize there will be residue if you if you have those notifications, if you have those pings going off. So Peter, keep rocking it, but I just wanted to make sure that residue was in no, there. No, it's 100% right. You know, you're, you're, you're killing yourself because you're like, okay, I'm really on this ding. Oh, what's that? You know, it's some, I, I call it ADOS, attention, attention deficit. Ooh, shiny. Right? <laughs> There's another aspect to it, too. Um, I, I, as much as possible, eliminate choice. Okay, so if mm. you look at my closet, I have two sides, to my, two sides to my closet. The side on the left says, I have a little label on it. I'm, I'm kind of that, that pathetic. The little label <laughs> says, on the left side, it says uh, office slash travel. And on the right side, it says, the right side, it says speaking slash TV. And I look at my calendar um, when I wake up. After my workout, when I'm about to get dressed, I look at my calendar and it's, it, it says, oh, I'm giving a speech today or I have to travel. You know, if I have to travel somewhere, it's office or travel. And I put on a T-shirt and jeans from that side because that's all that's on that side. If it's, oh, I'm speaking later today or I'm going on CNN or whatever, you know, and I go on TV like once a week, twice a week, I go to the right side of the closet, which has button down shirts, uh, sport jackets and jeans. That's it. My suits, I have, I have really nice suits. I have nice shoes. I have vests and sweaters. Those all sit in a different closet in a different room. Because if I had to look at those every day, I know exactly what happened. Oh, my God. I remember that shirt. Oh, that sweater. Laura gave me that sweater. I wonder how Laura's doing. I haven't of, I should look her up. It's three hours later. I'm naked in the living room on Facebook, and I haven't left the house. <laughs> been there. Raising my hand right now. I've been there. Um, yeah. Fire Nation, I hope you're recognizing just the brilliance of what Peter's saying. Because when we can limit distractions, when we can limit choices, what do we do? We maximize our brain. We maximize the focus. We maximize the energy and the bandwidth that we have to do great work. So, Peter, we have a couple minutes left. Take us home, brother. What do you want to make sure the Fire Nation leaves from our conversation and from the fact that, again, Faster Than Normal is out. It's available. Let's make this happen. Two points. If you do have ADHD, understand that it's a gift. It's not a curse. And, you know, I've spent most of my life being told, sit down and disrupt in the class. And then when they finally had a name for it, it was, I was diagnosed with it. I don't look at it like that. I look at it as a gift. You know, if you were given a, a, a Honda or a Ferrari, you know, you were driving a Honda all your life and someone says, hey, why don't you upgrade this Ferrari? Here you go. You'd Drive the hell out of that. But if you didn't know how to drive it, you'd crash into a tree. So your job is to understand what works for you, what's good about you, what the great things are. Figure out ways to do those more, do more of them and do better with that and eliminate as much of the, the sort of crap as you can in your life. When you have ADHD, it's, it's, it's easy to do and you find that you are faster than normal. If you don't have ADHD, the same rules apply. You know, I, I always tell the story of a great friend of mine who I had who Every day, I, I, she'd say, my God, I, you worked out again. I, I really wanted to get up early this morning, and I just, you know, I just didn't have the time. And I look at her one day, I'm like, okay, you need to stop, because your world, I guarantee you, the part of Earth that you're on doesn't spin any faster or slower than the part of Earth I'm on. <laughs> okay, you have the same amount of time I do. We have this, You and I have the same amount of time Beyonce does. It's not about that. You know, it is about prioritizing. Okay, you don't make working out a priority. And that's, I'm not saying that's good or bad. You do what you, you know, you do you, but don't tell me you don't have time because that's insulting to me because I did make the time, right? The people who listen to your podcast and learn things from it, John, and the people who, you know, are in, are, are doing things with you and they've decided that you are a priority and learning from you is a priority. The people who don't, oh, I still have the time for a podcast. No, you, you do. You don't have the priority or the determination to do it. 
right? You know, this, this person who said, I wish I could go to the gym every day. Well, she's on, I see her commenting on Facebook at one in the morning. Well, maybe if you were sleeping then, you know, maybe if commenting on Facebook wasn't such a big priority, you'd be able to do that. And I'm not sitting here judging anyone. I'm just saying, let's call it what it is. So understand that if you, whether you have ADHD or not, there are ways for you to get where you want to go. You just have to understand that it involves prioritizing. It involves figuring out what's, what's really important to you now. What's going to be really important to you tomorrow morning? You know, some people call it playing the tape forward, right? I don't want to have that one drink or I don't want to, you know, not get up early and work out because playing the tape forward, I know that I'm going to be in 12 hours. I don't want to go there. So I just don't. And it's, it's making those decisions and it's not, it's not perfect. It doesn't always, I don't always do it. I wish I did. You know, I screw up just like everyone else, but the key is learn from it. Get back on the horse. Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with and you've been hanging out with Peter and JLD today. So keep up the heat. And as always, head over to eofire.com. You can type Peter in the search bar. His show notes page is going to pop up with everything that we've been talking about today. Links to everything that we've been talking about today. And you can also go back and check out episode 565 because that'll come up when you when you type in Peter Shankman in my search bar as well. And that's where he drops value bombs about his worst moment, his aha moment. We have a blast on that episode over 1,300 days ago. And Peter, let's just give a final call to action. We got faster than normal available. Where can Fire Nation go to make the most of this book launch? Where do you want them to go pick it up? Yeah, they can go to fasterthenormalbook.com. It's fasterthenormalbook.com. Everything's listed there. They, that'll take them to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, whatever their favorite bookseller of choice happens to be. Fasterthenormalbook.com. Fire Nation, get over there. Consume this book. You know, Share it with a friend, with a loved one that you know probably deals with some of the same struggles that Peter and I have dealt with in the past and are currently still dealing with as we move forward in our journeys. And listen, as an author, I can tell you it means the world. When people consume a book and they're helped by it, and then they go and they give a five-star review. So if you feel like it's worthy, make it happen at Barnes & Noble, on Amazon. Those reviews mean the world. They're our fuel. They help get the word out more. So I would love to see Fire Nation support Peter's uh, incredible work here with that five-star review if you think the book is worth it. So consume it. If it's worth it, get over there, five-star review, make it happen. And Peter, thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, brother, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Hey, Fire Nation, hope you enjoyed our chat with Peter today. And from accomplishing goals to launching projects to creating funnels and webinars that convert, I have four, count them, four free courses awaiting you at eofire.com. I'll catch you there or I will catch you on the flip side. Looking for studio quality clips at a fraction of the cost? Go to videoblocks.com slash fire to get all the stock video you can imagine for $149 a year. That's videoblocks, V-I-D-E-O-B-L-O-C-K-S dot com slash fire.